Action! You drank Ian. Adam. You drank Ian. You like, you like purple, right? And Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's Frames and Fools doing something a little different today, shaking it up. Um, no elaborate soundscape. Uh, we're not going to magically transport you anywhere, nor are we doing a uh, regular episode focusing on a movie or piece of television. Instead, we're going to do what we love to do, which is talk too much. So, yeah, <laughs> that's us. I'm Henry. And I'm Dylan. And this is once again, the movie podcast where me and Henry talk about movies. And uh, we're back. We're back. You, it, 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 it was kind of a weird November. We didn't really, we released some things, but... We just kind of took November off. We took November it. off. We're not doing anything, but now we're back. We're it's back. Christmas time, baby. Mm-hmm. It's it's fucking holiday season. Yep. And uh, this week, uh, we're just doing a, a free, we're free balling softball it for an hour. It's softball. Yeah. Um, softball. Pitching underhand. Uh. <laughs> and a, a real easy one for us. What are we What are we talking about today, Henry? Oh man, we are talking about the world, the state of things. Uh, and superheroes talking about those fandoms we're talking about the great american invention the superhero before we talk about the superhero Mm. do we want to do a movie moment because we've had a month of uh of (laughs) life that we like have lived and not shared with anyone in our usual blog um do you have any uh do you have a movie moment to share with us it's been a month of sundays and i probably have many but the second you said the phrase movie <laughs> moment my mind went blank yeah. although just completely today i was driving past the uh cop shop downtown and they have this lawn that occasionally i'll look over and just see people picnicking on and i think mm-hmm. hell of a place to picnic i'd be really like anxious sitting there but you do you? Yeah. Um, and they had this Tupperware. It was two people, and they had this this sort of bucket-looking thing. And they were playing with something, and I couldn't tell what it was. And as I passed, I looked, and they had what could only be ducklings or goslings of some sort. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, oh. like downy, downy-feathered, uh, flipper-footed animals. Hell, it could have been penguins. So I don't know so cute that's so cute um, yeah yeah and we'll we'll just we'll never know why <laughs> we'll never know why <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um i'm sure i got one uh <laughs> this past weekend uh, uh me and uh my writing partner uh revised the script that we were working on and Woo-hoo. i just spent like three days call it a, I didn't, a movie I just weekend spent three days yeah literally <laughs> a movie weekend i just spent three days writing for like eight hours straight every day did you and feel I like you were in before. a montage while it was happening honestly yeah <laughs> because like there's you like honestly balling yes, up because like paper and throwing it over your shoulder brewing a third cup of coffee the uh length of the shots is getting shorter and shorter as time starts to repeat 
honestly, it did feel like a montage because I would start at like eight or nine a.m. and then I would like I'd look up and it was like five o'clock and I was like, oh, <laughs> like I feel like I didn't get a whole lot done, but here I am. Like it just really flew by, so it did kind of feel like a movie moment. The song um, just went, bah, 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 and then all of a sudden it was six p.m. That's all you got. Yeah, like, yeah, it was just, like, skipped the montage, because, like, this was just a rewrite, so there wasn't a lot of paper throwing or, like, you know, like, figuring things out. Like, I wasn't, like, uh, what the fuck's that movie called with, with, um, with, uh, Cranston, Brian Cranston about the, the Red Scare. Oh, Trumbo. Where he's, like, in the, he's in, yeah, Trumbo, he's, like, in the tub, in like, the cutting up, yeah. putting scripts and stuff. Yeah, no, it wasn't like that. No. <laughs> 21st century screenwriting, just eyes glued to a screen and yeah. then like <laughs> my bloodshot eyes uh yeah your just retina's just burning yeah yeah exactly oh um, man have you watched any superhero movies recently what was the last superhero movie that you watched shit uh well we had a little batman phase for a second there um when we oh we did i we watched yeah. the the batman the batman trailer um, the the Batman trailer. The the Batman. And then that kind of sparked what we went and watched uh, Batman Returns. I think I watched maybe one of the newer Batman. I think you watched Batman versus Superman. Oh God, yeah, that's, that's right. The last Batman I, superhero movie you watched. Yeah, Dawn of Justice. I watched the the unrated yeah. edition just to just to Ugh. see if it was better than I thought, worse than I thought. <laughs> um, Anyway, okay, well then let's, what I've been watching much more uh, uh-huh. to to pivot positively. Um, I've been, you know, indulging in uh, video essays on YouTube, so like long form researched analysis. Yeah, um, you know, the likes of Lindsay Ellis, Patrick H. Willems, um, not just movie stuff. Uh, Adam Neely, you other folks, good stuff. Um, which is funny because I, I don't necessarily put YouTube in that same category when I'm thinking, oh, what should I watch? But more recently, yeah. it's the kind of thing where I'll think, oh, I could watch an episode of the show or watch this movie or whatever else. And for some reason, YouTube has been more, I don't know, approachable recently, uh, especially the stuff that's actually <laughs> produced really well. And uh-huh. yeah, between that and some of Alan Moore's recently unearthed comments just about <laughs> our society and superheroes uh yeah and just I, I don't even know how to necessarily frame all this like the 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 effect of which i don't i don't know how to approach it like how would you describe the matter at hand what do you mean the matter in terms of alan moore's comments i guess so like we're, we're talking superheroes we're talking pop culture um but i feel like I describing think... it a certain way already there's a judgment in it. Like if we call it the infantilization of, you know, pop culture because of superheroes, we're immediately on one side of it. Well, fuck it. I mean, like, (laughs) Alan Moore is the guy, for those who don't know, who wrote Watchmen, and he also did some Batman stuff. Swamp Thing, Um, a bunch of other things. Yeah, he did a bunch of other things, and basically what he said was like... uh, Superheroes are kind of fucking stupid. Like, they were made for children in the 50s, and the fact that, like, they are, they've become this thing that adults just glom onto 
is like slightly not great for society and mm. just is making everyone like children in their brains mm. and just like glomming onto something that I don't know, maybe isn't super healthy, but like I don't know. There's a lot of things that are like that. Like sports are kind of like that, I guess. You know, in a way. Shit. Um, You're coming coming for sports now. Well, I'm not. I'm a huge baseball fan, but like the reason why baseball is so great is it because it does kind of bring you back to when you were a child mm. and like you have fond memories of being a kid going to baseball games or playing baseball. So I can only imagine it's kind of the same for superheroes in a sense. But I think when you hold it up on a higher pedestal of like important kind of the Scorsese thing, the Scorsese thing of like they're roller coasters. I'm kind of I kind of agree with Scorsese in the fact that they're roller coasters and roller coasters are fun. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with roller coasters, but I think calling them anything more than what they are is just I don't know. It's a little weird to me. And I'm this is coming from a huge Spider-Man fan. I know way too much about Spider-Man. Like I'm not <laughs> trying to dunk on Yeah. I, I'm not trying to dunk on people who love comic books because I have a whole a whole bookshelf full of Spider-Man comic books. Like I'm looking at it right now. So like I'm not trying to shit on any same, of that. Yeah. But it's this is coming from another person who's very into comics, very into the medium. Um, very yeah. into a lot of the stories. And I know we're specifically talking about superheroes, but I think it bears saying at the top of this. Um Comics as a medium are not, you know, strictly meant for children, right? It's a medium like any other. It can yeah. go to these heady, more adult themes. It can go in, you know, grotesque or, you know, harder to handle directions with the content, all these different things. We're, we're specifically sort of focusing on the superhero as a concept. Um, yeah. And even then, um, a lot of, sort of what spurred me to ask you to talk about this was a 40 odd minute uh, video essay by Patrick H. Willems, uh, which was Mm -hmm. well-made. I think he's a well-spoken dude about specifically R-rated superheroes, sort of this trend in the last decade, um, Mm -hmm. you know, really helped along by uh, say Deadpool, um, Logan, you know, interesting movies that do interesting things with characters. Um, But then Hollywood does the Hollywood thing and looks at something like Deadpool and goes, oh, people really like that. It made a lot of money. Let's make more violent superhero content. And then they also go, well, what superheroes like do we already own that we don't have to come up with? Mm -hmm. Batman, (laughs) Superman. Like, (laughs) so they they go to these characters that we all know and love and, you know, for years, and, and this isn't a, he takes pains to also make this distinction that, like, it's not something you can dispute that superheroes were made for kids. Yes, they were popular amongst adults. You know, people talk about how the GIs loved them in the war, all that. Yeah. The market was, what, like 18 to 12-year-olds? Or <laughs> eight. Eight to twelve year olds. It was it was eight to twelve year olds. So like it, they yeah, were. That's what they were made. They were for. silly, colorful tales with you yeah. know oversimplified morality, and like look at the base concept of ninety nine percent of all superheroes. Person with or without powers guy, guy. puts on yeah. you know outfit in order to fight crime on a like fisticuff level, and yeah. makes a difference in the world doing that. 
which yeah you turn 13 and you realize yeah that's not it's fucking it's insane. yeah it's not like, a real thing it's a power fantasy and that's okay on some level right it is okay and it's enjoyable but i think the best superhero movies though like if we're gonna keep doing the superhero thing the best ones like shine a reflection or put a mirror up to the concept of superheroes mm. and like if they should actually be a thing, like if we're gonna get real about it, right? If we're gonna keep making superhero movies, and try to explore my, adult if, themes with them. Yeah, if you're gonna like make them for adults, then they should be about whether because superheroes are fucking vigilantes. They yeah. are un like there's no oversight. They're vigilantes, mm-hmm. and in a re- in a real world setting, it's yeah, you know, it's fucked up, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Batman is a psychopath. And like, yeah. we shouldn't be glorifying him. A very He's cool. rich Don't get me psychopath wrong. <laughs> who you know punches things, and he can't. He can't punch poverty. He can't punch. No, you can't do you know, corporate <laughs> overstepping. He can't punch. Yeah. Uh, you know, like anything. That and that's kind of the problem. And and I know for a fact we don't have a comment section. No one actually listens to this, so. I'm not too worried about starting a flame war, but like... Do it, do it, do it. Comics have been around for so long that there are exceptions and there are storylines and there are things that people have done to try to deepen this genre, largely because people will get into these heroes as a kid, start to grow, and they want the characters to grow with them. They want to bring those things Mm -hmm. with them because adulthood sucks a lot and is scary and you want those comforts, but you also... They're, they can be very silly, and you want them to be something you can cherish. Um, and the only problem with that is it doesn't matter how complex of a tale you're trying to tell, Batman as a concept is silly. Yeah. It's, it's it, silly at its core, and it's that's like, okay. But I, I specifically remember the moment that, like, like I, I grew up a really big Spider-Man fan, and I know a lot about Spider-Man. And I went and saw all the movies. I've got a bunch of comic books, and I specifically remember around the end of college, when I was entering my twenties. I'm now twenty-five. When I started to be like, I'm not a teenager anymore. <laughs> I'm an adult, and. <laughs> I'm an adult. I know this sounds weird. I'm an adult, but like it wasn't like a oh I'm an adult, I'm putting down comic books. Mm-hmm. It was like a long, like four year process of me like them coming out with new movies and me just being like, Yeah, like I don't really relate to that character anymore mm-hmm. because I'm an adult now and like I don't have to worry about having a girlfriend and being in college and also having to be a superhero, right? <laughs> like and I still relate to the character a little bit, mm. but more in like a past sense. So whenever I watch the character, it's like, it's like, oh yeah, this is fun. I remember when I was a kid, like the joys of watching Spider-Man mm. swing around or playing Spider-Man games is more of like a nostalgia trip. A nostalgia trip. But when I watch like the Tobey Maguire movies, I actually really love those movies. But I I look at them more as movies, and I try to look at them look at their themes more and mm. less of their like less of like the superhero stuff because that's not really what's good about it, is it's like it's about people the good superhero stories are about people mm-hmm. and if i think if you can realize that 
I don't know. <laughs> well, in the Raimi I'm not going to say anything more definitive. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, like Sam Raimi, obviously, is a very self-aware, very goofy director. And yeah, it's kind of ironic that he was the perfect choice for those films, which arguably kicked off the modern superhero blockbuster. That, as like, a X Men, as a too. box office titan, yeah, and X Men are yeah. interesting because those I would argue are a bit more allegorical. And even though we don't like Brian Singer, like, yeah, did an interesting job of you Still know good. framing it as this allegory for either the queer community or yeah. just anyone who's oppressed. And then you know that evolves, and eventually you get a movie like Logan, which even though it falls into the category of R-rated superheroes, still does really interesting things with it because it's a story about people. They strip away the costumes. They strip away, you know, the worldwide plots. They make it about someone who's, you know, dying and is trying to help one other person. And they do that by also... (laughs) I don't know if you watched that clip that I sent you from the Patrick Gage Willems video where... Yeah, yeah, no, I think I... the, The joke about the genre, and he's like... And they also do it by subverting the genre itself and then he he turns to the camera and he goes i don't know if you know this but it's secretly a western and he kind of smirks <laughs> yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah. i swear to god but, alone in my room at like 11 30 at night i, I busted up laughing <laughs> oh fuck the thing about that it's, video it's so played right like we all know yeah. we all know like that's how you make superheroes like feel better that's how you make the genre work in an adult context yeah don't try to make a superhero movie make something else but it also begs the question why can't we just come up with other characters to explore these themes why do we have to keep coming back to wolverine why do we have to keep coming back to batman love batman love me some r pats matt reeves movie is going to be great also it's going to be really weird to have the same exact disassociation where it's like okay this guy's brutally beating the shit out of you know people on the street and you're also selling, yeah. there's going to be merch, there's going to be toys that they're selling to kids that might not even be able to see the movie without their parents. It's like, what the fuck That's are we the, doing? That's a whole other problem that I see with superhero movies. And from a very young age, my dad, my parents would not let me see the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies because- oh, shit. My dad was just like, is still like a, I don't know about still, but a huge pacifist. So they were like, mm-hmm. we don't want you watching violent movies like at all. Mm-hmm. And that one is violent. So I'm not quite sure how I was able to like read comic books about Spider Man. You know, the the <laughs> the capitalist system in, well, in got into my brain and <laughs> and got me. But books and comics, I not to derail it, but it's it's kind of funny that we you know we. We hem and we haw and we, you know, there's people who pearl clutch over movies and we have these rating systems that are, you know, super flawed. But the idea is there. It's like, how do you inform parents particularly what is appropriate for kids and how the fuck do you do that responsibly? But my dad had a good point when I was a kid where he's like, there's no rating system for books. There's no rating system for, well, there are for comics to some degree, but I can go to the library and get my hands on anything I want. And I did because I was, you know, yeah. yeah, an annoyingly like workaround y kid. Where I was like, oh, I can get this stuff if I want it. I wasn't allowed to watch those movies, and my first uh, movie watching experience as a child ever was watching my oldest brother rented Spider Man, and he was he was babysitting me, and he was like, you can't watch this, go to your room. And my earliest movie watching experience, it, I must have been 
Ever? Ever. Yeah, this is my first movie-watching experience Whoa. ever. I must have been, what, Spider-Man came out in, what, 2001 or something? Yeah. Two, yeah. 2002. 2002. So it must have been like 2003, 2003 or something after it came mm-hmm. out on video. So I must yeah. have been like eight or nine or something is yeah, sitting yeah. in my hallway and sneaking, like looking around the corner and watching the whole movie without my brother seeing me. <laughs> um, but anyway, that, that brings me to the, the, that's your origin story. Holy shit. I mean, that's, I, yeah, it's wild. Um, but the, the thing that concerns me is the amount of children that I see at movies like Endgame and like Infinity War. And like I'm watching the movie and I'm like, damn, these people are getting the shit kicked out of them. <laughs> like in my yeah. head, I'm like, ooh, ow, ooh. And I, I look over and there's mm. like an eight-year-old that's like, ah! and I'm like, yo, dude, <laughs> you shouldn't and be in here right arguably, now. Arguably, like... <laughs> Marvel's doing a much better job than DC of not alienating their... um not alienating their base, right? Like if comics are meant for kids, which at this point is kind of cloudy because it's like, well, are they? Because not anymore. They, they keep skewing older. They're for um, twenty-five to forty-year-olds now. I, I, Lord, I believe. <laughs> God, um, <laughs> which is a common theme. Uh, you got like uh, this guy Roger Langridge, and mm-hmm. I, I can't remember who he is, but I have all these quotes written down from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got a quote, uh, quote, I really don't think Marvel and DC are helping things by having gritty R-rated versions of their superheroes in their main comics, what they sell as the real versions, while simultaneously selling those exact same characters in kids' comics and plastering them all over lunchboxes and animated cartoons. Casual readership by kids or by parents for their kids is effectively impossible the way things are currently structured. And I think the waters are muddy too far now to claw that ground back. I think it's insane that DC has spent 70 years making Superman as big as Mickey Mouse and branding him to be understood by parents as being pretty much as kid-friendly as Mickey Mouse, only to piss that brand away in a decade. Nothing wrong with doing mature content in comics. In fact, it should be encouraged as often as possible, but doing with characters who are on your kids' lunchboxes is kind of moronic. It, and Absolutely. It, it's, and it's that. That's, <laughs> yeah. the, that's that dissonant, uh, I think I said disassociate, uh, earlier, I meant yeah. dissonant. That dissonant truth humming at the center of all this that yeah. has never made sense to me. And as I got older and I was still wearing graphic tees with Batman on it, yeah. and just realizing, you were talking about Spider-Man earlier, I think you can hold on to Spider-Man a lot longer because he's like your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He's he helps people out. Yeah. He's in, what is it, like Brooklyn, but Queens. Like he, as, he saves his city, does his thing. As my dad would say, he still beats the shit out of people. He still beats <laughs> the shit out okay. of people. But he's in red and blue and he's, yeah. you know, makes jokes instead of, and he does it yeah. in broad daylight instead of Batman who, you know, breaks in bones. The shadows. Delivers blunt trauma, <laughs> yeah. but never kills anyone. Yeah. He never kills anyone. No, he just, um, yeah, gives them brain damage. But it made it harder to, on that similar journey, like I remember living with you and kind of like looking at my bookshelf and looking at the things I really liked. And it's around the time I learned about the phrase problematic fave. Mm -hmm. And it kind of rocked my world because I looked at my bookshelf of not only uh, comics, but movies as well. And I was like, everything I have is problematic as hell. And I didn't know what to do with that because it was kind of everything I formed my my shit around yeah you know like all the things well, i, I loved all the things i spent time with i think that's that an important core. i think that's an important thing to unpack like 
as you become an adult, obviously. And I think that happened for us around like, you know, in college and into our mm-hmm. 20s. But like, I, I'm not going to, I don't want to judge anyone, but I, I'm curious mm-hmm. if the people who like, you know, are just consuming copious amounts of like Marvel stuff mm-hmm. are thinking about that at all. Because, like, I think at a certain point, like, you do have to look at the things that you like and examine them and how they influence you as a person, mm-hmm. not just as, like, an artist or anything. And once you do that, you can be like, oh, like, the reason that I do this is because I watched this so much as a kid. And mm-hmm. that's fucking scary. Like, I went down a crazy existential, like, loophole in my early 20s, like, trying to figure out if I was, like, a robot that was just created by, like, comic books, right? Mm-hmm. But once you, like, yeah. come to terms with that, you can have healthy relationships with all this stuff and not be beholden to it and not be like, this yeah. is it, this is art, this is life, you know? And it's, like, it's not a medium, it's, like, a, a, a brand where, like, film yeah. is a medium, painting is a medium, baseball is, like, a sport, Spider-Man and Batman are products. Those are mm-hmm. like, I mean, baseball is a product, obviously, and film, that entertainment, that's a product. Sure, sure. But those but are you mediums. Them, you make these products, and you make the, you make these brands so closely identified with some. I think for some people, even their world outlook. Like I, yeah, I tried my damnedest to research some opposing viewpoints for this, and I just started laughing at one point because it was all these like really short opinion pieces that were like. You know, superheroes. I kept saying they're they're a modern mythology. They're like our Greek gods. That's what I used uh, to think. That I yeah. I used to talk about that a lot. And or, now looking at it, the stories are they have no moral spine to them. It's but just that's like, the thing. Yeah. Is then all those same people would also be like, you know, and half the time it was like, as a parent, I hope my kids read these and like learn that you know you have to stick up for the little guy or like you have to be the one to like it's very stand American. up to the bully at school it's very like um, world police <laughs> and and well and talking about it in terms like this is the only place they're going to learn that yeah um and sort of this sense of like oh they like they give me hope like i yeah. you know it is something that i can jump into and feel like you can you know fix problems or whatever else and i don't think any of that's inherently bad but it it dances pretty lightly on top of this frozen lake of like important shit mm-hmm. that you kind of have to ignore to have that blind faith in these things. Yeah. I don't want that to be too much of like a, uh, a judgment, but I, I made the joke today with a friend that the same people who, you know, they're Marvel fanboys or DC fanboys. And when I say fanboys, I mean, fans, us. just anyone. Also us. <laughs> also us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But the people who let it be their lives and they've got the bumper stickers, they've got the Funko Pop vinyls, they've got the the yeah. everything. They go mm-hmm. see every movie. They're, you know, doing the deal. They're just the adult Disney fans. Yeah. Except it's with a different trapping. And the ironic thing is now, because they're owned by Disney, they're just adult Disney fans. That's all it is. And the funny thing is, it's always been that. Now it's just true because it's literally owned by I think it's just more apparent now where like and like I again we've said this a lot I I don't want to dunk on like quote unquote nerds because like (laughs) 
this is coming from two just complete big old nerds. Nerds, like we know, there's so much in my brain that is mm-hmm. just Spider Man and like Star Trek and fucking mm-hmm. well, Star. Yeah, but like that sort we of. We have stuff. a movie podcast. Like, come yeah, on. like we're nerds, but like <laughs> we we're not dunking on anyone because we're yeah. we'd be dunking on ourselves. But, but the, I definitely looked at my stack of you know superhero graphic tees at some point and was like, all right. Time to donate these. Time to donate these to a kid who wants to them. a kid. <laughs> yeah. And I did. I literally like this yeah. is a friend of the family who I was like, hey, and I asked the parents permission. I was like, yo, I know you're careful about what your kid sees. Like, is it okay to give them these things? I don't want to perpetuate the cycle of yeah. like starting a new, mm-hmm. you know, me. Yeah. But well, I think like we touched on it a little bit in a previous episode, but like for me, I, again, I, yeah, I think like. <laughs> the 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 important part of like loving a franchise or like a medium or something is like i think we talked about it in the the pan's labyrinth episode about mm. just like at what point do you start giving uh back or creating right instead of just consuming the things that are given to you, but, and I understand that everyone isn't an artist and everyone isn't a, like, uh, doesn't, like, make stuff. So, like, I get that. But I think there's something to be said for, like, giving back, being, like, you know, there's that, that classic, very, like, adult moment in, like, movies where, like, the dad's, like, these were my old comics. I don't read them anymore, but, like, here you go, son. You know, mm-hmm. or, like, here you go. And it's, like... And how long... <laughs> And, and you look at the industry, I think, to take that sentiment and to blow it up, I think one of the points I was seeing a lot from the cautionary crowd was, like, the industry is trying to cater to an older crowd. Yeah. And in the process, well, they're trying to do both, which is the scary thing. Um, yeah. But they're catering to this older crowd where the, quote, yeah, the main superheroes and the mm-hmm. main storyline and the, the shit that's canon, you can't read it if you're not a mature audience. Yeah. Right. Um, And that's in my mind a bit selfish. Um, I think it's kind of selfish to say mine. Um, I was just talking to somebody about Star Wars and how it's, you know, very intergenerational, right? You have these three main eras. You've got 77 to 83, you've got 99 to 2005, and you have 20, yeah, and you have 20, 2015 to 2019, right? Yeah. And with each one, by the way, I'm glad that you and I hit our like existential problematic phase, like realization moment. Right before, when the sequel trilogy started coming out. Or the new ones. <laughs> yeah. well, because I remember going and seeing Force Awakens and being like, thank God I like did a little bit of work and got my head right about how I feel about this because I had way more fun. Yeah. I didn't take it that seriously. Yeah. And I watched everyone else like melt down and lose their shit about things that didn't matter. I, got, and I was like, I got really guys, into it. I got a little too into it. I get obsessive. I got a little into it. But I, I mean, I got into it too. And you <laughs> yeah. can get into it. I, I don't want it to make it sound like you can't have fun or you can't get lost in the sauce. But like, yeah, people got lost in the sauce. Like people <laughs> lost their minds over the dumbest shit. And I was like, you know who doesn't care about any of this and who just has fun? Children. Yeah. Fucking children. Yeah. Like the kids think... who this is meant for. Like, please, everyone. In terms of shut like... up. Like just let let the kids who this is meant for enjoy it. Because look what happened. Last Jedi took some risks. 
uh, the internet blew up. A bunch of adults, I might I might add, a bunch of adults lost out. their shit. And yeah. then it affected the way they capped off the trilogy and left the whole thing with a weird taste in everyone's sucked. mouth. Yeah. Because it was just a fucking compromise where they tried to appeal to everybody. It's like in terms of like it's for kids, make good content that's gonna stand the test of time. Anyway, in terms sorry. of the like Star Wars stuff, because we're kinda it, it it Star Wars and superheroes are kinda I'm gonna they're kinda the same. Uh but like in terms of you're talking about like own people take ownership over these things. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school and the it was just announced that J.J. Abrams was going to like make a new Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. I remember being really excited and me as like a, a hard headed. I thought I knew everything high schooler. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this is great. Like George fucked it up. Like I was just like one of those yeah, people. Right? Like George fucked yeah. it up, and like now there's like new blood, and like gonna, somebody that I knew at the time uh, that I did theater with was like, no, like the only Star Wars movies are the ones that George Lucas made to me in my mind, and I was like, you're insane, that's nuts. And now at 25 years old, I'm like, uh, nobody owns Star Wars. The only people who own Star Wars is George Lucas. Because he fucking made it, and it's it's his movie. They're his movies, right? Like, except for the people who directed them and whatnot. But like, I used to be of the opinion of like, well, society owns them now. Fans own them, and maybe I'm just like a maybe a hard headed auteur now. But I'm like, no, they're his. Like, he made them, so he can do whatever the fuck he wants to do with them. And unfortunately, you're just watching them. So you can't really do anything about it mm-hmm. unless you want to make your own fan film, right? Go and do mm-hmm. that. You can change them, but like, there's no point well, in like making that's a fucking, the side of it. Making a a petition to be like remake the movie. Yes. It's like, do you have something that's, better to do with your fucking yeah, life? That's like, gross. <laughs> like, write write your version of it. Have those fun conversations that we all grew up having, where you're like, "This is how I would rewrite Star Wars," because Star Wars is it's a hot mess fun. and we love it. Yeah, and that's one of the hallmarks of being a Star Wars fan is like you do that you know, talking about how you'd fix it how you'd change it you take the night you, know you, you watch a couple do. of the movies you have a couple beers and you talk about the movie and then the next yeah. day you get up and you go to your job or you do whatever the fuck you do as an adult exactly <laughs> like don't don't start a petition don't bully somebody off of Twitter don't uh, it's childish um, it's I mean it's childish and... <laughs> well and to, and to pull it back to what we're you know mainly talking about inherently it's selfish right because yeah. This is not meant for you. This has always been meant for children. It's always been meant for kids to enjoy. And it, it truly is this sort of like you become an elder in that community, mm-hmm. even in your 20s. Like you are an elder at that point. Yeah. Especially if you, you know, if you're a pre, uh, pre-Disney pre purchase fan and you did all the homework and you read all the expanded universe shit and you played all the video games and you played the card games and you, quote, know all of the knowledge. <laughs> As we do. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. cool. It's great. Yeah. But guess what? It's that's useless. just extra shit now, and it's okay. <laughs> and guess what? It was always just, the like, the canon for a thing that was made up. Like, maybe yeah. it's time to read about history. Maybe it's, it's time to get that familiar with real issues. But in terms of fandom, it's kind of this thing of, the, yeah, like, this is not meant for you. This is why I like Last Jedi so much. The The thesis was essentially, like, this Give thing's great. This thing's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Also, 
calm the fuck down. Yeah, give it up. This isn't for you. And anymore. give it up for yeah. the people who are, you know, coming. And it exactly. was a complicated, kind of hard pill to swallow for some people. And it's hilarious that Last Jedi was kind of a meta critique of the fandom in my eyes. Yeah. And I thought it was hilariously successful because then the response led to a meta critique an unintentional meta critique a subreddit of, a movie written by a like, subreddit yeah of of fans <laughs> in the 21st Theories. century yeah. where it went the other way where it was like first they were like what happens if you know a smart director with a solid team shielding them is allowed to create a truly bold entry in the Star Wars franchise and then the next movie is okay what happens if, if we the corporation the... that owns Star Wars <laughs> uh nervously assembles in record time a pile of crap that's meant to, yeah. you know, appeal to everyone. They're and like, guess let's what? let the internet write Still it. fun. Yeah. Still a fun movie. Don't think about it too hard. Plenty of people really liked it. I really enjoyed it the first few times I watched it. I'm not dunking on it for dunking I sake. Groan, I groaned hard. I did groan hard. <laughs> but then it, it. But then that's the tone that that gets left with is this idea of all these adult fans who can't let this thing go. Um, well, I think it happened with... I honestly, as like, I know know we're kind of tailing into the Star Wars realm, but uh, just in terms of fandoms, I think that it also happened with the prequels where you had Mm -hmm. adults from the 70s or or kids from the 70s that saw Star Wars, it blew their goddamn minds, and then around- their late 20s, early 30s. Yeah, 99 comes around and they sit their ass down (laughs) and they're sitting there and they're watching Jar Jar Binks who, despite- being kind of a weird racist character is like fun and for kids. And they're mm-hmm. like, what is this bullshit? Whoa. And then they look to their left and there's a kid who's just like me, who's just yeah. eating it up. <laughs> right. Important thing to note though, super important thing to note, because this is one of those things that scares me about history in general, not just pop culture history. Uh-huh. Um, people fucking loved Phantom Menace. They really, really I liked love it. Phantom Menace. Um, you know what? Oh, at, when it, came, when it out. came out. Yes. When it came out. People really yeah. didn't like Empire Strikes Back. They really yeah. didn't like it. So when Last Jedi yeah. came out and people were like, ah, blah, like someone had a very good point where they're like, guys, we pretend like when something ages and like we collectively come around to it, like the fact that the tired old, it's the best one since Empire. Yeah. That was not a thing. <laughs> that was not a thing. Yeah. And Phantom Menace, the one that people loved to shit on, people really dug it. And then. Yeah. People got weird about the fact that they liked something when the collective <laughs> said, no, not good. I'm honestly... And granted, part it, it was a mess, right? There was things that weren't great. The more, um, the more I learn about global politics, the more I'm excited to revisit episode one because... When I was a kid, all of the like politics went straight over my head, and I was like, oh, like, like why is everyone talking? Where are the lightsabers? Yeah. yeah. And then I watched it a couple of years ago after I had my whole like nostalgia trip of like, I love the prequels, they're bad, but like, mm-hmm. I like them. Yep. And then I watched it again a couple of years ago, and I was like, okay, this is arguably like not a very good movie. Like, I think it's just kind oh, of a mess. Yeah. And now yeah. I'm excited to watch it again with like a little bit more knowledge about global politics to be like, all right, George. I trying fuck to say with some this. shit. Yeah. You know? I'm trying like... to like from a young age have kids be like, oh yeah, like these corporate interests are, you know, using military power yeah. to wield 
like wielding that to like subjugate an entire planet and Which then is fucking they sick, depose dude. a ruler like it's that's it's saying fucking good cool shit. it's it's cool um, to like use science fiction as a medium as it was yes. supposed to be used right like mm. science fiction is to bring light to things that you're not really able to talk about so like phantom menace being about that people shit on it a lot but it's like kind of genius when you look at the 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 prequel trilogy or the the sequel trilogy you've got like the first one that's just like copy and paste nostalgia mm. trip which is fine but like it's not really doing anything last jedi is trying to do something which is good mm. and then the third yeah. one again just kind of a copy and pasted like not really saying anything in terms of yeah. the science fiction genre i'm getting on a bit of a tangent but sure yeah we're going to star wars direction let's pull it back so i mean just to cap all that I'm reminded of the adage, axiom, I don't know, but the the saying, like, you you can only hate it if you love it, which I think is the case with all mm-hmm. this stuff, comic books and Star Wars included. Yeah. When we dunk on these things, it is from this place of deep, sincere love. Deep and love, yeah. It's often more a condemnation of either the people creating or the people consuming. It's not so much like yeah. Star Wars sucks, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Well, no, and I've had many, like, I've had many a nerdy conversation with somebody that if I heard it, I would be like, oh, that is the nerdiest conversation ever. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I have sounded, yeah, so. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. Back to superheroes. Um, Bring his background. Got an, got an Alan Moore quote. Uh, he wrote the uh, infamous killing joke, mm-hmm. uh, you know, limited run story, which many Batman fans hail as one of the best. And it's like, you know, bestseller, the whole thing. It's the one where... Uh, Joker um, shoots Barbara Gordon in the spine, paralyzing her, um, and then uh, takes off all her clothes and takes a bunch of pictures of her bleeding out naked and uses those to torture. Jesus yeah, uses those Christ. to torture uh, Commissioner Gordon, who is uh, tied up in like BDSM gear. It's really what intense. What the right? fuck? Yeah. And... I now understand Batman people. <laughs> I now completely understand. Yeah, so here's the thing. So there's this tradition of, in the 80s and 90s, of stories coming out that sort of took him in this other direction. And mind you, they were, I don't know about Killing Joke, but Batman, uh, Dark Knight Returns, like all the Frank Miller shit, wasn't the main canon. It was like basically an exploratory, what if Batman went in this other direction? And, yeah. Um, then, of course, Zack Snyder uses that as the basis for the main you know, canonical Batman and other comics do too. Yeah. Uh, Killing Joke, same thing. Um, so I've got an Alan Moore quote about uh, what he calls his Joker story, which is Killing Joke. Quote, I've been told the Joker film, uh, Todd Phillips, yeah, movie that grossed over a billion dollars, wouldn't exist without my Joker story. But three months after I'd written it, I was disowning it. It was far too violent. It was Batman, for Christ's sakes. It's a guy dressed as a bat. <laughs> Increasingly, I think the best version of Batman was Adam West, which didn't take it all, take which didn't take it at all seriously. End quote. So, I, <laughs> the I guy, kind of agree, man. yeah, the guy who wrote this story that people hearken to, you know, and say, "Oh, look at how you know fucked up and complex Batman can be, and look at how you know this character has this darkness that you can draw from, and all this stuff." The guy's like, I goofed. Like that was, that was weird. That was wild. I, I took it too far. I, I, Created to this me, monster. It, it really feels like a question of 
yes, it can be, but mm-hmm. should it be? Yeah. Like, should it be that? Like, it's, yeah, it's cool to have, like, complex films like Logan and, like, taking mm-hmm. things in a, a new direction and, and telling adult stories with superheroes, but, like, kind of what you said, there's other ways to, do like, watch a Western. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not about a superhero. Like, why does it have to be bled together? What's the well, point? Well, to keep on the, uh, the Alan Moore train, whoop, whoop, um, in that same vein of, like, exploring these adult themes. So he famously wrote Watchmen, which mm-hmm. with all original characters um, attempted to speak to, you know, sort of the inherent absurdity of superheroes and the modern world. Um, if you haven't yeah. read it, it's, you know, really well done. It's really well written. Um, and it's essentially these superheroes who are all regular people who dress up and fight crime. And then along comes uh, this guy who gets his powers in like a, you know, atomic explosion a la every superhero ever. Yeah. And basically becomes God. And it just has a lot to do with humanity and stuff. Asks a lot of big questions. One of the hallmarks of it that Patrick H. Willems points out is that the violence in it is portrayed as ugly, brutal, not fun, and not glorified at all. A lot of it happens in the same... uh, panel style as the rest of like the dialogue and stuff so it's not highlighted it's sort of dressed down and it's weird cool uh, something he also points out was completely missed by the watchman movie yeah which hyper stylized cool. the cool. violence and yeah. made it super cool yeah um, and it was super cool um got a quote from alan moore about watchman though quote it was meant to be something that would liberate comics instead it became this massive stumbling block that comics can't even really seem to get around to this day They've lost a lot of their original innocence and they can't get that back. And they're stuck, it seems, in this depressive ghetto of grimness and psychosis. I'm not too proud of being the author of that regrettable trend. So again, <laughs> you have this guy this who writes fucker. a thing. And in, and in this case, it's not the killing joke, right? Like he's, he's still proud of the thing itself. Yeah. And arguably, I, so I, I looked at something like The Boys, right? Show on Amazon about superheroes, yeah. corporate interests, all that kind of thing. Hyperviolent. Mm-hmm. But... It's original characters. It's characters created. It's made for adults. For, it's not made exactly. for yeah, yeah. It's from a comic that was created for adults to explore how fucked up the idea is and to explore things like the military industrial complex, shit like that. Yeah. But it's not using Batman to do that. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, I, I kind of looked at the boys and I thought, ugh, like another super violent superhero thing. Like, I don't really need that in my life. Yeah. And, you know, a couple of people I talked to about it we're sort of on this train where they were like, well, it actually, because it's sort of divested from those familiar characters, but it's sort of a wink and a nod to things like the justice league. Yeah. You're able to tell those stories without tainting that innocent. Well, mm-hmm. that can be a really good thing. Um, yeah. That's why like, I <laughs> kind of back to what he was saying about the 66 Batman. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up, like watching the 66 Batman and like Batflick or not Batflick but uh like Batnips and stuff the Joel Schumacher films yeah I I loved I was like I was like yeah this is campy and fun as fuck and like I was not a huge fan of like the dark gritty uh Batman stuff as good as like to Dark Knight is and stuff Mm -hmm. like I was not a huge fan and then I kind of went through a phase in college you know where or not in college but you know early college I was like yeah it's cool gritty stuff is cool 
and now I've come around to like the, I I will defend those Joel Schumacher films. Like yeah, fuck people right. who say they're bad. They're fun as fuck. Like well, like take a load off, <laughs> relax. <yeah. laughs> the the example that springs to my mind and springs to Patrick H. Williams' mind uh, to reference the video again. Yeah, is what I would and I think a lot of people would call the definitive. Uh, movie Batman, which is Batman the Animated Series. It yeah. is... I I don't know how they did it. It is meant for kids. It's made for children, right? It, you know... Yeah. Debuted on a kid's channel. The violence is not grotesque. Um, everything's handled in a way that is completely kid-friendly. Mm-hmm. But it's got so much love and talent and effort poured into it to make mm-hmm. it this really cool thing that even questions, you know, Batman as a character and like some of the morals there, um, you know, introduce the world to Harley Quinn, which is kind of the quintessential example, uh, pun intended of Ooh. a character that people yeah. said mine now and, you know, <laughs> created aged it up personalities around. Exactly. Yeah. Created their personalities around, which we haven't really touched on so much. Not the Harley Quinn thing, but people just, I don't want to making, I feel making I things, feel their mean. personality. I do too. Because I but, do that shit too. But, like, but that series, for me, and I think for a lot of people, is kind of like right smack in the perfect point where it's like, that is something that is made for kids. It, you know, doesn't take that character to sort of grotesque heights, to paraphrase. I forget who said it yeah. in one of those quotes earlier. But you can still have the toys. You can still have the lunchboxes, all that crap that you're trying to push because this is a product after yeah. all. As, without yes. creating that weird dissonance that we found ourselves in basically from the 80s onward where it's like okay how do we you know I how do we deal with that and yeah and it's it's a moving thing right like if your market is a certain age group that's a revolving door of people and you are having people grow up and their tastes shift and they want that how do you address both right and you'd hope that people would have their own moment of realization like oh man this is great but maybe uh you know, I stories about a rich vigilante maybe not the best aren't aren't the things I should you know think of as cool because I do think it influences people's moral reckoning of yeah. things. I it makes me think of again back to the original Sam Raimi Spider Man and unfortunately uh, Superman Returns, which I know is just full of pedophiles, but. The movie itself is like me oh, and Henry oh, really no. like it. Oh no! Yeah, it's like it's it's like, full. No, yeah, <laughs> because uh, the director, the fucking because what's main his name villain. plays Lex Luthor. Yeah, but God damn it, it's I, so good. I think those two movies are really good because they're pretty cheesy, right? They're pretty hokey. There's mm-hmm. definitely some scary moments, but. You could watch that as a kid. It's like a kid's... You could watch that, show that to your kids, and then mm-hmm. just, like, blindfold them for the last, like, 10 minutes. <laughs> because the last yeah, 10 minutes the grand gets tradition really of, fucking insane. The grand <laughs> tradition of covering your kid's eyes and creating a black hole yeah. with just audio for, like, 10 <laughs> minutes that will live on in their memory until they sneakily watch it at a friend's house I at mean, a sleepover. I think you could do that because something that I love about those those older superhero movies... Um, from the early 2000s was that they were fun for like an hour and 20 minutes. <clears throat> and then the last 10 minutes were fucking violent. We're like really <laughs> Yeah. Like 
You didn't see a drop of blood until the third act. Until the and third then act, it, yeah. And the then last it was like, minutes. they're getting their fucking their costume suits are ripped. getting ripped off. They're getting their masks <laughs> blown off. Like, and yeah, they're getting fucking fair, bombs thrown in their face. <laughs> those those were made in the midst of an era because this isn't a new thing, right? Like we kind of started talking about the most recent decade and this trend towards R-rated superheroes. Yeah, but this all sort of started happening. Marvel pushed the age up a little bit into like the teens, but all this started happening sort of in the 80s, 90s when they're trying to be more relevant to, you know, like drug addiction and like the different <laughs> yeah. things that were happening in the world yeah, and trying yeah. to address like, yeah, like war on drug shit and like different regime changes in the US and like yeah. what that meant for the American ideal. Like if you're trying to make comics that are, you know, heroes, but then you're like, well, fuck, I don't, you know, really identify this with what's happening. So then you create, edgy characters because you feel edgy right yeah um mm-hmm. but those movies were made you know with 20 years of that how the fuck do we balance this energy in comics so then you're making movies and you're also trying to pull them out of that because it's not like spider-man was the first it's not like x-men was the first there were plenty of like superhero properties that were you know being made but those movies right they're coming after you know, a couple decades of that, that starting that the question that starts to loom where it's like, how long do you hold on to this thing that is meant for kids? How long do you hold on to this thing that you love? How much do you set it aside? And how much, especially as a creator, do you try to bring that thing along with you? And I mean, I guess a question we haven't particularly addressed is like, sure, they're made for kids. Sure. They're fun. Sure. They're like really fun to, indulge in mm-hmm. are superheroes or you know those kinds of stories even the healthiest thing for kids i no, i don't think so personally i mean as like a i don't know i i <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like a like a 50 year old per man right now but like uh-huh. the more i think about them and the more like I think about my own morals as much as I love Spider-Man, right? And, like, I'd love to share that with my child. I can't defend it. I can't, yeah. And, like, there's there's <laughs> a lot of other things out there that would mm-hmm. be better to show them and, and give them better morals. And, like, yeah. they could get sight. Like, there's a – I could show them Miyazaki movies, a few of them, right? It's, that, like, it's aren't – It's funny, yes. Aren't it's funny fucking, you say that. And they they deal with complex emotions also. Like, mm-hmm. there's so much more content and different media that I could show my kids. Not that I have kids right now, but in the future, if I do have kids, <clears throat> that would inform their worldview so much better than superheroes and so much better than fucking movies and stuff, too. Like, a lot of movies that I watched as a kid, I kind of wish that I didn't as much as I love them because they've informed my worldview mm-hmm. and are hard to get out of your brain, you know? And I think you can still tell stories that have this violence in them and you can still frame it in such a way that it causes you to approach differently. Like I was talking to my buddy about this and kind of asking him, hey, are there any comics that kind of buck this trend? And um, if anyone's familiar with Usagi Yojimbo from Stan Mm -hmm. Sakai, you know, anthropomorphized animals in feudal Japan. He's a wandering ronin. Yeah. um, Does the right thing. He's heroic, all that kind of stuff. And there's definitely violence, but... It's it's sort of this reluctant violence, and it's like in a violent world, being able to stand up against that. So you know, 
dips I its toe in like, there. But things like Nausicaa as well. It's oh, it's it's a yeah. pacifist war epic where it's yeah. like anytime I and this is kind of how I gauge it. Anytime you're watching something that does such a good job of showing like peace and goodness that when violence happens it makes you sad. Yes. That's not nice. good. It's it's like, good, yeah. That's why you know, these this warring nation shows up and you're like, oh, bruh, like damn, god damn it. These people are just farming. They don't need that. And then yeah. she goes off to war and she's like saving people left and right. And then someone yeah. will like be like, get her. And you're like, stop it. Like just I think that's chill. why like everyone chill. And I hate to bang the Star Trek drum, but I'm a Trekkie mm-hmm. and like I'm <laughs> I'm super happy that my dad it's a like core watch difference. Trek with me because like the the essence of Trek is diplomatic solutions to avoid mm-hmm. violence at all cost and to like uh, meet new cultures and new people with mm-hmm. leniency and respect and like to talk. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that I watched that a bunch as a kid. And I also watched Star Wars, but like more trek and the older i get the more i'm just like grateful that that sort of as flawed as it is don't get me wrong there's like a lot of weird sexism there's like a lot of shit in it but like just the core content mm-hmm. same with nausicaa is like the 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 core theme and what they're trying to say is incredibly wholesome and good and i sound so yeah. like pbs lame but like no but i mean it's <laughs> it's all in the name right like how many treks are you going to go on and how many wars are you going to be in? Right. Yeah. Like and there's growing wars up watching in... star Wars. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. But like, I, I mean, it kind of goes back to the, the rating system as well in America where we, we let violence kind of be wherever it wants to be. But we, if you see a we boob, grade much, much harsher on yeah, nudity, boob, sexual man, content, it's language. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, how often are you going to swear in your life? How often are you going to have sex? And how often are you going to, kill somebody or never engage in combat right (laughs) um but uh another one that i really really like um hellboy big big fan of hellboy yeah and i implore you to not watch the 2019 version (laughs) because they it just to yeah beat my own drum for a second they the whole marketing push was it's it's super R and it's bloody and it's violent. It's and also Deadpool. we're super close to the comics. Yeah. And it was like, but if you read the the comic, it's about, you know, someone grappling with the fact that their job is killing things like them for an agency that they're losing faith in. And it's this very sort of quiet, contemplative, you know, hero who deals with all of that in various ways from sarcasm to, Mm-hmm. just like tiredness goes on a bender at one point like yeah but it's it's complex it's moody the art's amazing um but it is the kind of thing where one of the stories that affected me so much is he goes to this uh goes to this uh what do you call it goes to this village it's it's called the uh i think the troll witch uh-huh. goes to this village and there's like children who are getting disappeared right getting and disappeared everyone's like uh-huh. yeah <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's, it's, it's that, you know, it's the troll witch. And he shows up to this hut and he's got his big fucking gun, you know, and he shows up and he's like, hey, you know, it's time yeah. to die, basically. And yeah. the lady's like, all right, but first let me tell you a story and talks about, basically tells this whole tale that 
leads to her being like, place this, you know, this ladle, this wooden ladle that, you know, this person used to do this thing and, you know, kill these trolls. Turns out it's these trolls that are killing the kids. (gasps) And yeah. And essentially she's like, go out during the night and place this ladle at the entrance of their cave while they're all outside. Uh They are, they won't be able to cross that line. They'll be outside. The sun will come up and they'll vanish. The whole thing is going to happen without a single drop of blood spilled. And the whole chapter ends with her asking him like, and I wonder how you'll feel about that. Yo, I, and it's like, I completely understand why Guillermo del Toro like likes this shit. That's the most like fairy tale bullshit I've ever heard. (laughs) Well, I didn't even get, okay, I'll get into it then just briefly. So the story she tells is there's like, uh, there's a couple and they want to have a kid and they can't. And um, this, they go to a troll witch and they basically, they're like, I want to have a baby, this whole thing. And she gives her like a beautiful flower and like a withered, like ugly flower. And she's like, only eat the beautiful flower. You'll have a kid. And mm-hmm. the woman's like, great. Um, eats the beautiful flower. They have a beautiful kid and they're like, great totally ignore her advice and they're like we want another so she eats the ugly flower and has a like troll for a daughter like an ugly troll daughter whatever Mm -hmm. but the two kids love each other and you know are the best of friends so things are great as the you know troll gets older she wonders about you know her being a troll and she hears the trolls at night like running around doing their rumpus or whatever um and at one night she like can't help herself she goes out to go rumpus with the trolls in her and she's like don't she tells her sister don't look outside and then the sister of course, because it's a fairy tale, looks outside, her head gets swiped off and replaced oh. with a cow head. <laughs> um, and the troll sister is like, nah, fuck that, grabs a wooden ladle and rides out to fight all the trolls and to retrieve her sister's head. Wild. Um, yeah, so that's the ladle that she hands Hellboy and is like, put this at the entrance of the thing. And he's like, is that story true? And <laughs> And yeah, and then like while she's talking, you sort of see him go and put the ladle down. The sun comes up. He does the whole thing without any bloodshed. Mm-hmm. And then in her house, it ends. She says, I wonder how you feel about that. And the last shot that that dialogue is written over is this skull that has a crown of those beautiful flowers around it. Uh-huh. So it's it's just this like beautiful, super fairy tale thing. Yeah. Super long tangent. Anyway, Hellboy's beautiful asks really interesting questions about violence and problem solving and like those things and you know human nature yeah but there's there's good shit out there i guess is the point and i i think i in that sort of existential angsty period where i looked at my shelf of things and went uh was also brought on by a conversation i had with you where Mm -hmm. you're like yeah i grew up and my parents are pretty pacifist and sort of talking about this other way of growing up and it just made me realize how marshal a lot of the things i grew up with yeah were, and you know is what it is it's just how you grew up yeah but it, it just realized how many of the things i loved relied on violence as a way to solve problems yeah i mean and it's it, it's it's pervasive it's everywhere it's but... enticing yeah like i as much as like my my dad and my parents my mom wanted to not me not see that stuff it, it's everywhere like in our we live in a society right like it's just easier storytelling. It's easier storytelling, and I guess it 
it's fun when there's like a bad guy, right? It's like, oh, you defeated evil, but it, it's also just e- easier storytelling. You don't have to go into why people are bad, and it's just kind of lazy and not in a bad. Yeah. It's hard to write stories. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm writing one right yeah. now, and it's fucking hard to make uh-huh. a villain. It's just easier to say they're bad. <laughs> Like, I don't want to worry about it. They're bad. They're doing bad stuff, mm-hmm. right? It's just so much easier to do that. But. Do you want to hear a pretty condemning quote from Alejandro, Alejandro G. Inyaratu? I've always had Inaratu? trouble with his last name. Inyaratu. Yeah, Inyaratu. Yes, please. Quote. The problem is that sometimes they purport to be profound based on some Greek mythological kind of thing. And they are honestly very right wing. I always see them as killing people because they do not believe in what you believe or they are not being who you want them to be. I hate that and don't respond to those characters. Yo. They have been poisoned, this cultural genocide, because the audience is so overexposed to plot and explosions and shit that doesn't mean nothing about the experience <laughs> of being human. What a, what a fucking G, dude. I did not know he said that. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I um, love that. Honestly, when I hear Martin Scorsese grumble about movies was... being a certain way, I'm like, I'm like, bro, you made fucking Goodfellas. You made fucking Wolf of Wall Street. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, I kind of get it, and I kind of get you lamenting it, and you have a good point about them taking up all this space and kind of pushing out other movies. But also, come on. Like, Come on. <laughs> My only argument for that, though, is like Scorsese is, and I'm not even a huge Scorsese fan, but he's such mm-hmm. a like, I hate to say patron of the arts, but like he no, champions he so many small films yes. and so many, many restorations of films and stuff. So like mm-hmm. when he says that, most people on Twitter are like, shut the fuck up, old man. And you're like, you're not doing <laughs> shit with your life. Like I get he yeah. was a cokehead and is kind of an asshole, but like I, yeah, he's I doing think I so just much stuff for the to... medium of film. <laughs> The only yeah, it's I think I had a, a a gut resistance to being like, Yeah, I'm with Martin on this one because I think he's kind of a windbag on some things, like the oh, Irishman. Yeah. Come I on, mean... man. Like what the fuck? Um, but I I do fall on that side and I think, you know, I think every quote that comes out about it, because these creators have very strong opinions about it. Yeah. They also go real hard when they say it. I just love that Inaritu like said that. And it didn't get leaked on Twitter, and no, everyone still loves him. Like the the Marvel fanboys have not condemned him yet, right? Well, because that like, came out back in 2015 or whatever when Birdman was coming out. Oh uh, um, yeah, and, and at that point there was still like kind of laughter when it came to superhero movies, even though at that point there was nearly a decade of Marvel's dominance. But like, yeah, do you remember Jack Black did the? Uh, he did like the opening musical what? thing for one of the Oscar ceremonies or whatever. And there was sort of a, you know, a, what do you call it? It was just kind of mocking, mocking superhero movies, mocking all the sequels and stuff like that. And there's kind of this like, the Academy especially rolls their eyes at superheroes and things. And, you know, yeah. Marvel fanboys will bemoan the lack of critical acclaim, even though all these things get. Lots of critical acclaim on. Anyway, I'm rambling. Um, The thing about them, and I'm gonna I'm go off a little bit on Marvel movies. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Do it. Is they're okay? 
I, I get yeah, really, okay. really tired of people being like, these are masterpieces, and I'm like, you know what? To each their own. I'm glad that you enjoy them, right? Like, I don't want to shit on anyone's joy, but personally, they're incredibly well-crafted, just okay movies. They're not breaking any new ground. Endgame is not a new idea or concept. None of these are like incredibly groundbreaking films. They're just like okay. So it it weirds me out when people are like how dare you. It's like yeah. Have you watched any other movie? Like do you watch movies? Like have you seen anything other than this? <laughs> I found I found the uh I almost said Roger, the Alan Moore interview and I was trying to find like a specific quote to read cuz there's a lot of good shit, but then I kept seeing other stuff that I thought you'd like. So I think I'm just going to read a just large chunk let's from party. this. Let's, let's fucking party. All right. Um, it's an interview, so I'm going to skip some of the questions and just read the answers. But here we go. Alan Moore. I'm not so interested in comics anymore. I don't want anything to do with them. I had been doing comics for 40-something years when I finally retired. When I entered the comics industry, the big attraction was that this was a medium that was vulgar. It had been created to entertain working-class people, particularly children. The way that the industry has changed, it's graphic novels now. It's entirely priced for an audience of middle-class people. I have nothing against middle-class people, but it wasn't meant to be a medium for middle-aged hobbyists. It was meant to be a medium for people who haven't got much money. Most people equate comics with superhero movies now. That adds another layer of difficulty for me. I haven't seen a superhero movie since the first Tim Burton Batman film. <laughs> they have blighted cinema and also blighted culture to a degree. Several years ago, I said I thought it was a really worrying sign that hundreds of thousands of adults were queuing up to see characters that were created 50 years ago to entertain 12-year-old boys. That seemed to speak to some kind of longing to escape from the complexities of the modern world and go back to a nostalgic, remembered childhood. That seemed dangerous. It was infantilizing the population. This may be entirely coincidence, but in 2016, when the American people elected a national socialist Satsuma and the UK <laughs> voted to leave the European Union, six of the top 12 highest grossing films were superhero movies. Not to say one causes the other, but I think they're both symptoms of the same thing. A denial of reality and an urge for simplistic and sensational solutions. Uh, the question, you said you feel responsible for how comics have changed. Why? More. It was largely my work that attracted an adult audience. It was the way that was commercialized by the comics industry. There were tons of headlines saying that comics had, quote, grown up. But other than a couple particularly individual comics, they really hadn't. This thing happened with graphic novels in the 1980s. People wanted to carry on reading comics as they always had, and they could, do now, and they could now do it in public and still feel sophisticated because they weren't reading a children's comic. It wasn't seen as subnormal. You don't get the huge advances in adult comic books that I was thinking we might have as witnessed by the endless superhero films. I, so hitting a lot of things there. Uh, I, I think it's he, hilarious that he's like, I haven't watched any of these things. I just hate them. That's kind of funny to me and also kind of like, ooh, bud. Like, you, you kind I of like, shoot your critique in the foot. If you weren't Alan Moore, I'd kind of laugh you out of this debate, but he is also I Alan mean, Moore. I think he has some valid points, and yeah. it, it makes me think of like, and again, let's not forget the only reason that these movies are happening is because of m money. They make money and and nostalgia, right? Mm -hmm. And it makes me think on this like remake nostalgia boom. They aren't inevitable, I guess is the idea. Like it doesn't have to be superhero movies. If something else made the money, if culture shifted in a well, different way. 
we could have other tent pole. Well, what things, I'm saying, right? what I'm, my point is that like, I think it's not just superhero movies. I think it's remakes of 80s stuff. It's like mm. the whole nostalgia like industry, right? That mm. I participated, that we all participate in. Mm-hmm. I think hits his point of like, inf- I'm going to say this wrong, infantilizing the like the general yeah. population, right? Like that's you go to see nostalgia because you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to feel like what I felt like when I was a kid, and it's fucking intoxicating. Like I completely mm-hmm. get it; <laughs> it's intoxicating. Well, and it's it's kind of to your point um, that like it's fucking hard to write original shit. You know, the reason yeah. we're beating the Batman drum, the Superman drum, and there's good work being done with those. I'm not going to deny that. Um. But you kind of see this thing with like Alan Moore specifically, where his big hope with um, I don't know if he did Marvel Man as well, um, but or not Marvel Man, Miracle Man. Um, but there were these comics that were meant to be catered to that adult. What do you call it? That adult. Uh, mm. Yeah, he did do Miracle Man as well. In his mind, he's like, it's cool that we want to hold on to this medium, and it's cool that we want to explore superheroes, but create new shit. And he had hoped that what he was doing with Watchmen and the interest in that, and like, okay, fine, let's call them graphic novels now. Okay, fine, they're premium now, but let's tell those stories in their own lane. And it just kind of influenced the same properties. Like you didn't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you didn't yeah. see the same kind of success, and you didn't see the industry shift over in a hugely significant way, except to age up their hugely profitable properties which like frankly that was going to happen right like money man it's, it's very idealistic to think you know oh they're going to think oh let's keep milking the young audience with the tried and trues and yeah. let's create a whole slate of new people for yeah. you know well, and like to be fair the adult audience that sort of content does a exist right like and we talked about it a little bit already there are graphic novels out there that are really fucking great and the media it's not the medium that is flawed it's what like has happened to the medium i guess and the things that have been focused on where like there are graphic novels for adults or whatever that are really really good and the medium is still it's like anything the medium for film there's a like not superhero shit like it's it's kind of weird because like the 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 comic book medium was created like for superheroes right like that's its origin so anything other than that is kind of uh is abnormal whereas like every other medium isn't tied to like a brand like if if film was tied to what it was first like made for we'd just be watching like train movies for the rest of our lives right like it would <laughs> be it would, the train movie <laughs> and that's it's funny when you put it that way because it makes it sound kind of as ridiculous as it is right like yeah like and, there was that I, point i'll be the first to lament that i think you know, you know sequential art if you want to get super highbrow with it sequential art essentially comic books graphic novels however you want to describe it to try to make it sound appealing to people and not like something made for kids like it's amazing it can do wonderful wonderful things and yet yeah we we always return to it because people think oh superheroes and Mm -hmm. then it's it's this 
bounce back where then as superhero movies become more popular, comics become sort of ancillary to that and tied to that. So of course, like the movies are going to be the main thing and they're going to start responding to that. And there's yeah. still good stuff. Like there's always that exception we have to make and, you know, acknowledge there's a lot of good shit being done. Mm -hmm. However, why are we still doing this thing over and over? I don't know, man. I don't know. Someday, uh, I'm exa I'm exhausted with superhero movies. To be perfectly honest, I still haven't little, seen the new Spider-Man movie because over it as well. I'm I'm a bitter old man. Uh, and again, we're both stoked for the Batman movie, but for me, it's I won't say yeah. morbid curiosity, but at this point, it's like I like Robert Pattinson. I, I mean, enjoy Matt Reeves. It's it's almost like a, a hot potato challenge that I enjoy watching now that things are kind of all over the place. I mean, the only That's thing... One of the few good things about superheroes I like these days is the fact that it's this familiar character and people try different takes at the exact same material, which is just inherently fascinating to me. Yeah. It's like a remake of a remake of a remake. It's just a challenge at that point. I think that's why I'm... The only way to get me in like a superhero movie now is to, <laughs> kind of with the Batman give it an interesting director and show mm -hmm. me a trailer yeah. that's not the same thing, right? Like, yeah. and at this point, I just don't trust Marvel at all because everything that I've seen <laughs> from them is just the same, like, mass-produced bullshit. Factory films. Yeah, like, factory movies. And, like, not that DC's any better, but, like, they look like they're in a little bit of chaos, so they're pumping out mm -hmm. different and weird things that may not always yeah. be good, but at least they're different like at least they're not yeah. the same shit all the time mm. so i will say though there's something that i was thinking about when it came to marvel movies um i don't obviously you know scorsese and like everyone else already kind of hit this but they're not good in the long term for the industry for a variety of reasons like i was kind of looking at this thread and people were joking about the fact that oh Gwyneth Paltrow can't remember which Marvel movie she's in isn't the goop lady stupid like no, that was kind of the cares? vibe of it <laughs> well no but yeah. he, but you should care and here's why like it started off as aha ha she doesn't know but then someone was like but no seriously though like a lot of them don't know what movie they're in because when they show up instead of getting a script for a movie they get a page that's blacked out like a CIA report yeah they read their lines on a green screen not knowing what how to doing. feel or how to look yeah and then they show up to a premiere and their kid is like oh wow you're an avenger and the person's like cool, cool I, I guess i'm an avenger because Be i wasn't even wearing a costume they cgi'd that in too that's like I, I know i sound like a and that's so scary yeah that's I, not good like for an artist like you're not yeah. able to you know emote you're not able to do your job like, i know i sound like a crazy kooky head like asshole but like Mm -hmm. they're truly just like corporate manufactured products. Like yeah. they're not even, and as much as anyone wants to say, oh, there's an art in there, like they're making stuff. Yeah, they made a fucking movie and I'm happy. It's hard to make a movie. I get it. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy for whoever directed it. Fucking great. You cash the paycheck. Awesome. But at the mm -hmm. end of the day, like super specifically Marvel movies for me and Disney movies are just a corporate product that are like, literally manufactured by producers like the, mm -hmm. the thing that i think of the most often is when two instances 
when Taika Waititi was about to make the new Thor, or not the new Thor, but the the Thor that he made. And he gave this interview that was, they were like, how are you handling like the action? And like, what did they want you to do? And he was like, honestly, they told me to uh, uh, focus on the characters, write the script and just focus on the directing and they'd take care of the action stuff. And another instance of that was one of the directors who was up for uh, Captain Marvel before it was, um, I can't remember who, who directed that one, but before it was that one, she gave an interview that was like, yeah, I did the interview and they were like, they basically, she was like, I pitched this whole thing and with all this different like action and stuff. And they were like, oh no, no, like we take care of that stuff. And she was like, no, like I, I, I'm, I'm a, an action director. I want to direct the action. They're like, oh no, it's fine. Like we kind of take care of all that stuff. And like, that's incredibly terrifying for me just as like an Mm -hmm. artist in general. Like why I get why you'd make a movie because obviously you're getting paid a shit ton of money, but like mm-hmm. as a director, like that would suck. Like I would just yeah. be like, oh, I this isn't my movie. And all the Marvel movies you see, maybe except for Endgame, because those guys kind of created the whole fucking like cash cow, are like half movies whenever I watch them. <laughs> and and I mean, people have complained about this. Well, I, I hope they have because I don't like it, but... <laughs> Um, people have complained about just sort of the Marvel machine and how you have to watch, you know, a, thousand a couple dozen movies, movies and you have to keep all this shit straight and you have to remember all these references and it's so intertwined. And I mean, to go back to the thing about people don't know which movies they're in, they're signing contracts for, you know, God knows how many movies. How do you, you know, not knowing how significant your role is in a film, how do you bargain for your salary? How do you know what to ask for? How do you yeah. know how important you are to the plot of something? Yeah. And like, I don't know what kind of money they make off of uh, merchandise, but I bet that's... But it's nothing. <laughs> I bet it's not much. Yeah. yeah, I bet like that's clamped down. It... And it's just one of those things where, yeah, and then if this all existed in a vacuum, it'd be like, ah, like they're doing some sketchy shit over at Marvel. But like this has they ramifications are. and this yeah. this has an impact on the... All this essentially ties into like monopolies and capitalism and like oh, in terms yeah. of the like i don't like no, how they're you... owned by disney like yeah exactly like how do lest you lest we forget like all how of does... this shit we're talking about is essentially the tentacles of one giant fucked up octopus with mickey mouse's face and like how does gwyneth paltrow know like how much money to ask for right and i know they make a lot of money blah 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 yeah uh-huh. they're rich like i get it but like Disney is actively exploiting these people and these are mm. ways to exploit them. Like it, they're yeah. very specific ways to exploit them. And, and it that changes just, like, the way an industry works. And then exactly. other companies can use that as a model to say, Oh, well Marvel does it this way. And new we upcoming can, actors yeah. are like, Oh, okay. Yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and they can and you, exploit. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anywho. Um, do you have anything else to say on the topic? I've exhausted my pie hole. <laughs> <laughs> I I know we could talk for a long time about all these different things and we could go off on any number of tangents. I just uh Yeah, uh superheroes are fun. We love uh, them. We're f- yeah. I, you know, they're it's a flawed concept, but it's got such a rich history and I'm I'm not going to begrudge people for wanting to be nostalgic or to disappear into some story i would just you know hope that everyone sort of examines those stories and um 
this sort of a passing of the torch aspect that I wish more people got into when it comes to this and sort of recognize that their dollars and their eyeballs are their way of influencing what happens. And yeah. I think there's a lot of ways society looks now because people are kind of the product and determine what gets made and what dominates mm -hmm. culture, yeah. not just pop culture, but culture. Yeah. Well said. We love superheroes. We're huge nerds. And exactly what you said, go get lost and stuff because the world is hard. We don't want this to seem like we're two begrudging old mans who say, grow up, goddammit, throw your comic books away. That's not what we're saying. No, we God, just comics great. We would just hope that, you know, just examine. Just think about. Examine. Yeah. Um, examine. examine. That's going to be our, our, like. Examine. Our thing. Yeah. Examine. Go read Hellboy. Go read Nausicaa. Yeah, I want to go read go Hellboy. Read, uh, go read um, Usagi Ojimbo. Yeah. Just all of it. Just oh, yeah. seek out good shit. Seek out Alan Moore's stuff. Not the killing joke, but... Yeah, not that one. Uh, I mean, Alan read Moore's it just stuff. so you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but thank you for listening, boy, oh, everyone. Boy. Thanks for listening to our, our uh, just puking of, of hot takes. Uh, make sure to add us on Twitter to uh, to tell us how much we you hate us. Uh, Are we on Twitter? I think we have a Twitter account. I think it's at, at Fools and Frames or at Frames Fools. I don't know. Anyway... Uh -huh. Um, Please come at us. Please. Uh, anyway, we're happy to be back and going to be making stuff throughout December. We're going to be doing some friends and family stuff where we invite see, see. some of our friends on and our family to pick a movie themselves. It's going to be a lot of fun for the holidays. Uh, so make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast and get a little ding when there's a new episode. And make sure to check out the Instagram with all of Henry's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful art. This uh, episode was sponsored by Alan uh, Moore. Disney's Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> We're making Alan Moore propaganda uh, here at Frames and Fools. <laughs> yeah, I hope he appreciates this. All right. I think uh, even though I haven't listened to any except for the first episode, I think uh, Frames and Fools is infantilizing a new generation of <laughs> podcast listeners. Um, God. All right. Uh, have a have a good afternoon, morning, night, wherever the fuck you are. And the, More the vast yeah. globe. <laughs> <laughs>